When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back with another edition of the Wolverine.com TV podcast. With me, special guest today, Aaron Shea, A.A.R.O.N., and uh, Doug Skeen here. Um, typical guest, man. I'm sorry, man. You're not a <laughs> special guest anymore because I know you too well. But uh, two great Wolverines, uh, two guys with more enthusiasm for the program, I think, when they were there and since then uh, than just about anybody I've, I've ever come across. So have you guys run across each other? Do you guys know each other at all? Oh, yeah. I remember Doug from back in the day. Absolutely. I was going to say a long time ago, Aaron and I haven't talked in a long time, but, you know, there is, okay. there's, you know, there people talk about and they hear about the kinship uh, amongst Michigan football players. It is true. And it, it could be, at, it could be at one reunion. It could be at several reunions, but like, I'm sure Aaron will say the same thing. You get to meet guys that are decades younger than you now, or, or maybe decades older than you, and you still feel that connection. Absolutely. Yeah. I was out in San Diego, and Jamal Williams is our, our, our Pro Bowl nose guard, D lineman, and he said, uh, he goes, I've never, he said, all the university, he went to Oklahoma State, he said, and he says, when Les Miles was a coach, he would be talking about Michigan to the team, and he goes, and now playing with some Michigan guys, he goes, you guys have more school pride than any any school I've ever met in my life, and then even with the Browns and different people, like, living in Ohio now, if I hear the word Michigan, I look just to see what they're, what they're saying, you know what I mean, so it's... Uh, it's mm-hmm. definitely about a pride and the brotherhood and a uh, Michigan man. Yeah. And Bill Parcells, uh, who Doug Skeen played for at New England, said the same thing. He, he said, man, these guys have more pride in their school. And he tried to get those Michigan guys on his team, the Corwin Browns, the Doug Skeens, yeah. you know, some of those fringe guys. Skeen says he wasn't a great athlete, and I probably agree with him on that, but he was a great <laughs> football player. Yeah. And uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say. That's all that uh, matters. You might, you might disagree with that, Ballas, because now – we may not be playing football anymore, but when we play golf, I, you know, I still can figure stuff out athletically. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you can. There's no question about it. Uh, yeah. He, he shoots for his number 72. And it's interesting when we were setting up the time, Aaron Shea says, how about 336? And all you guys with your numbers, man, uh, John Colasar has a couple 40s in his number. I don't want to tell yeah. people where, because otherwise people would be calling him and bothering him. <laughs> but uh, it's amazing the pride that you have. Did you ever use when the uh, U for Spirit Award, Shay, or who won it back when you were there? Um, you remember? I, I I believe I did win it. Um, yeah. I, can't, I had so many awards, I can't remember. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I – um, no, I, I remember, I, I want to believe, uh, I think that was one of them. So very, uh, I mean, I love my school pride from Michigan. And then, like, even like some of my teammates for the Browns, they're, going, they're all gone, you know, down in Florida, they're in Arizona. They're like, Shay, of all people, you're still in that state. And I'm just like, yeah. my wife's from here, she's a school teacher, you know, younger siblings. And, um, I'm, you know, two hours and 15 minutes from Ann Arbor, six hours from my, where I grew up. And um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, um, it's tough sometimes, but this year it was great. I was just in Columbus. <laughs> funny story. Uh, Joe Jervicious, his daughter and my daughter play club volleyball together. And I, I wore Michigan every day. And I go, Joe, you know what the difference is? I go, not one person has said a word. And I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. I, I was going to the, like, the student bars just to try right. and get them, like, enticing them. No, no yeah. one said a word. And I remember when I was drafted here in 2000, Coach Carr said, you be humble in victory. And I was like, so I called Coach and I said, Coach, 
there must not be that many Ohio State fans in Cleveland because no one says anything. And I wear Michigan gear everywhere I go. And then all of a sudden they get on that run. And now everyone's an Ohio State fan. So of course. this year, yeah. I'm soaking it up. Uh, I'm loving it. And uh, which is su- Which is surprising to hear because usually – the Ohio State fans have a higher percentage. The Ohio State University has a higher percentage of, let's just let's call them uh, more emotional fans, shall we? <laughs> and, uh, usually, you're going to hear from them. I know that yeah. Aaron. I so I didn't tell you this when we were chatting before, but but in the job that I have now, I come down to the Cleveland area with regularity because it's part of my responsibility for what I do with my employer, and yeah. um, all those guys down there, with the exception of one, they're all Buckeye fans, all of them. Yeah. And every year, it's like an it's like Christmas. Every year, the snickering and the laughing and everything comes around. And this last year, they were really, really quiet. But there's always one. There's always yeah. one that has to say something. Yes. Or they say something like, oh, it's a finally a rivalry again. I'm like, listen, right. yeah. I don't want to hear that because when I came here, I was saying the same thing to you guys. And I'm like, it's the best rivalry <laughs> in all sports. And uh, it's kind of funny. This year, uh, my kids, like with all three of them playing sports, was just tough to go up to for the game this year and uh and and they're mad at me they're they're yelling at me like yeah we should have went i would have missed my game and i'm like ah and then we i'm watching you know the the big house and everyone on that state i'm like i mean goosebumps like tears in her eyes like my wife and i call coach car like 11 o'clock at night still so so excited and my kids like dad we're going to the Orange Bowl. I'm like, you're damn right we're going to Orange Bowl. So we go to the Orange Bowl. It wasn't the outcome that we wanted, but it was uh, it was a, it was a, it was a great year and uh hopefully we're heading back to where we should be. Yeah, I'll tell you what, ninety-seven, that ninety-seven Ohio State game and the things you remember, you know, I remember the smell of the turf and there was still grass back then getting all carved up. But I remember being on the field with Doug Karsh, who I think you probably remember from his Absolutely. WTKA Absolutely. days in the radio, mm-hmm. and just smelling it and just understanding the the magnitude of the result of that game and what it meant for the program to go undefeated and and to be on the cusp of a national championship for the first time in 50 years. That was the same feeling, I think, that a lot of people had this year. And I go back to those guys that were around in 1969 and how it really changed the trajectory of the rivalry in the program. And I think a lot of people had that sense. Now, it's up to yeah. Jim Harbaugh to do it more than once, and it's, it's tougher and tougher in the NIL age, which I will talk about in a minute. But at least it's a start, and they got the monkey off their back. So, But, Shay, I'm going back to uh, – I got to go back to 2000. And uh, I was at a game at Chrysler Arena. It was a basketball game. And you're sitting there with Tom Brady, and the season's mm-hmm. over. I think it must have been December or something like that, or January, I think it was, after the Orange Bowl. And I'm thinking – I'm looking at Shay, and I'm like, this guy's got a good shot, man. I wonder, you know, third, fourth round. And I'm looking at Brady, and I'm thinking, man, I hope he gets a shot to, to prove himself. And look how that thing played out. But uh, I want to talk about your NFL experience, first of all. Because uh, it wasn't easy for you, man. I mean, you had some, you were had some injuries, and uh, but you started in Cleveland. And just talk a little yeah. bit about your career and your memories of, of the NFL. Well, it's funny you say that. So I remember Tommy, um, we were going through. So my agent, Ralph Sindrich, he was like, so Tommy and I were going back and forth, and he's like, you know, what? I think I'm gonna go with Ralph Sindrich, and he was Brian Greasy's agent. And as my dad says, hey, what Bob Greasy knows, you know, let's go. So I'm like, I'll go with Ralph. And Tommy's like, I'm gonna go with Ralph too. So all right. And the next morning, he kind of changed his mind. He goes, you know what? He's got a lot of guys, and I don't want to be just one of the guys. I'm going to go with this guy from, you know, so he ended up going, I think, uh, Don Gee's his name. Is, uh, so he goes with him. And my agent still to this day is like, I say, I'm sorry, man, you got the wrong <laughs> the wrong Michigan guy. That's 22 <laughs> years of 3%. I'm sure Tommy's not paying 3%. Um, no, so that's kind of the funny story when I think of Tom and his career. But um, 
No, as far as, you know, uh, you know, the pro career and, you know, getting drafted here, like Coach Carr and I, we always joke around where well, I, was, I was a high school quarterback and then it was kind of like Shea Foster, he left the program. So they kind of put me at fullback and really didn't know the whole ISO blocking thing, you know, six, four and a half. And I really didn't, I was kind of in between. And so I did it and uh, it was, it was the, the hardest year of my life, that red shirt year. <laughs> Doug, as you know, it's, I don't know if you red shirt, but man, let me tell you something. I probably was the worst football player in Michigan football history. It was that bad. <laughs> no, and no, I mean, going Shea, to practice, you got that, Shea, you got crying, I want to go home. It's, this yeah. is not for me. You know what I mean? But I'm not alone. This is Ty Stitt. <laughs> yeah. This is Tom Brady. You know, we were, well, that's where you build your brotherhood. And uh, yeah. so I toughed it out, and then they kind of pulled me back to tight end. And I'm like, okay, I'm better at this. You know, okay, now we're not. I can play a little bit. So I started playing a little bit. And then I remember they go, hey, we're going to do this system like an H-back. I remember yeah. Coach Carr said, if you want to catch 40 balls, you want to catch 20 balls. And I said, I want to catch 40. I ended up catching 39, so he was one off. There's no lie. <laughs> so, but he failed to mention the whole ISO blocking thing again. So hey, but the hey, thing hey, is, what's people... craziest is that at Michigan, my love for Michigan, my love for Coach Carr, I'd do anything for him. If he wanted to put yeah. me at, at offensive guard, I'm playing offensive guard for him. You know what I mean? Just whatever you can do to, you know, to help Michigan win. And then when I go to the Browns, I'm a tight end, tight end. That's why I told him right away, I'm a tight end. Yep. And then uh, Chris Palmer ends up uh, getting fired. Butch Davis comes in with uh, Bruce Arians, the offense coordinator. He doesn't believe in having a true fullback. He thinks it's a waste of a position. Mm-hmm. Jay, you're also my tight end and fullback. So now I'm back to playing H-back. Now right. I'm uh, you know, the, the only guy doing the ISOs. So that kind of like, so I told Coach Carr, you know, you kind of, you did this thing. And I finally told my agent when I was a freeze and I go, I want to go somewhere where I'm just tight end, tight end, right. no H back, no ISO, and uh, so. But uh, you know, six years they, in Cleveland, they, met my wife, and it was a good run. Good. That uh, that that ISO blocking that Aaron is talking about, Ballas. I'm telling you, uh, in my football career, high school, college, the NFL, Aaron talked about that freshman se- season at Michigan there, that redshirt year. Some of the most violent collisions I've ever seen between human beings was at 1200 South State Street or whatever the address is down there on that practice field. And for me in our class, it was Bernie Leggett and, and Jared Bunch. Bunch yeah. became or Bernie did, but those ISO blocks, I mean, that is not for the faint of heart. Uh, you're yeah. talking about taking two dudes like Aaron's size, right? Six four. And then you take a linebacker at that time. Linebackers in the Big Ten were all 240 to 250 pounds. Put five yards between, you know, five to ten yards between each guy. And it is a full sprint, head-on, forehead-first collision. As hard as you can go. And uh, over and over and over and over again all week long. Um, I mean, anybody that did that, you know, I played offensive line for my time, and there, sure, there was some collisions and a lot of violence, but I remember some of those snaps where hearing, you know, you play guard, oftentimes you're right next to that ISO block when it actually happens. And, yeah. of course, in practice, the defense knows it's coming. But, yeah. man, I, I remember being freaked out at the level of violence that was going on just to my right or left when those plays were happening. So when Aaron talks about the misery of ISO blocking – it is not to be diminished. It's unbelievably tough. Yeah, I remember, I remember the place. Corn to the right, field to the left. 
still, yeah. yeah, still remember him. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, yep. Shay, man, when we brought up that you're going to be on the podcast, we got thousands of people on the message board, and they say, you know, what I remembered, you laid out for a catch against Penn State, and I don't remember what year it was. And I'm thinking, holy crap, this guy's got some hands. Do you remember that catch? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, Penn State was a wheel route, and I remember yes. Tuman, Tuman was going down. So I had I was going down to, off the numbers. Or I'm sorry, Tuman was on the numbers. I was at. Uh, I was going down. Sorry, my dog is blue. Stop. That's okay. I, I, my dog's name is Blue. So when I yell, go blue, come on, blue, let's yeah. go. So I get the neighbors going. <laughs> but uh, no, it was against Penn State. It was a wheel route. I remember Tuman going, and I remember Drys threw the ball. I remember looking up and going, man. Like, I'm thinking, yeah. it kind of overthrew me, and I kind of just ran out there and jumped. I remember Tuman's like, how'd you catch that ball? I'm like, yeah. man, I was, you know, the great Lord helped me with that one. That was one of those That was unbelievable. Well, that's when I think film. a lot of us – that's when a lot of us are like, holy crap, this guy, you know, what an athlete and what, and what potential you had. But everybody remembered the block against Wisconsin uh, that you yeah. sprung Anthony Thomas and you take out three guys. And I think even the announcers said, man, that's going to earn you some brownie points there with your running back. Do you remember that one? I do. I do remember that one. That was, uh, that was in Wisconsin. I think uh, some feet got uh, tangled up. But I, I remember I gave, I, I gave the guy, I forget who it was, but I gave two guys a good one. I got them down. Yeah. And I think the, the second guy fell into the third guy. But it was uh, – I mean, it was uh, it was drive. It was our counter that we ran a lot. You know, what I mean, my yeah. neck, my shoulders still pay for that. But like I said, I you do it all over again, right? Nope. Still with you? Lost. Yep. We missed you. We don't have you on audio, Aaron. We lost your audio, buddy. I think I hear you now. Are you there? Uh-oh. It's all right. We're going to edit it. Right, Clay? He just, he, he just ISO'd the phone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can we call back? Can't hear you. No. Nope. We'll call back. Right. And, yeah, and, and I was going to say that I kind of feel like Chris Farley in the Chris Farley show. Do, do you remember that? That was awesome, you know, <laughs> taking you through all your plays. But, uh, but those are the two big ones that came up, man, that I remembered. But uh, when you talk about ISO blocking, by the way, I go back to Kevin Dudley, who played at fullback in the early 2000s. And this guy was just a badass. And he jokes yep. that he came into Michigan at 6'1", and he left at 5'11", because of all these. See, that's a fullback. Yeah, I know. 5'11", that's a fullback. Yeah. 6'4", yep. 6'5". Tight end. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, man. So, um, what That's was true. Man, uh, when did you really start having the issues? Skeen had Chester McLaughlin fall on his leg. So, we kind of knew that was the beginning of the end there for his pro career. Otherwise, maybe you guys would have overlapped. But, Shay, when did you have start having issues with your back and stuff like that where you knew, hey, something's wrong here? Oh, uh, well, I, 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 to be honest, I thought it would be my shoulder. So, I had uh, mm-hmm. left AC joint surgery in college. Um, okay. So I had that done, and then I had uh, two uh, 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 rotator cuff uh, tears in my right shoulder. I had two of those, and then I tore wow. my right bicep. So I always thought it was going to be my shoulders, and then it's actually up in Detroit. Was playing against the Lions, and with the turf field, it kind of got hit, whatever. And I, it was, but it was my free agent year, so I kind of just kind of, you know, kept everything quiet. I mean, I went to the trainers, but I didn't want to get any red flags, or whatever. So I kind of just, you know, self medicated and, and, and fought through it. So it was a free agent. It was a good thing I did because no one ever did any MRIs on my back, but they did all my shoulders and stuff. So uh, and I, I remember I, I was going to uh, – so I signed with the Chargers, and yep. uh, Rob Chudzinski was my tight ends coach uh, from Cleveland, and he went out to San Diego. And I remember just like in OTAs, I'm like running routes, and I was always like pushing off my right foot to my left. I was more rounding them. I'm like – and I was, I was 30, 
I wasn't 40, you know what I mean? And I was like, something ain't right. And I kind of just played it off. I'm like, hey, it's OTAs. I got you. And then it just kind of, you know, the self-medicate wasn't doing it. So then I kind of went to the, the doctor and we did the MRIs and the CAT scans. And it was kind of, it was a, so weird thing. It was like a bone spur in my SI joint. And it kind of hit that static nerve. And uh, I mean, I mean, running straight, I could deal with it. It was just, I couldn't really, couldn't. When it goes, it goes. And you know it before anyone knows this. And uh, uh, I kind of knew. And I was trying to get it trying to get it fixed like any other bone spur in your shoulders. You know, shave it off your back. But when it's your spine and doctors are telling you certain things and you're seeing some people that you know you're way better and, and teams are still calling you and you want to play, it was yeah. – uh, that's definitely a tough year. Tough, tough, tough year. Yeah. And it's, it's tough, man. It never, it never comes to the end like you want it. I think, you know, never. except for except for guys like Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, for the yeah. rest of us that played the game, uh, it ends in a way that you don't you don't script it. It's it's yeah. it's a it's so true, oftentimes Doug. it's a thud. There's like that one percent that maybe goes out, and that's maybe even high. You know what I mean? That that's high. I, I think, yeah, I think that's yeah. higher, and it's probably like point zero 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 one percent that get to go out like. Uh, Peyton Manning did hoist the trophy and walk away or like Tom Brady is, you yeah. know, the best ever to play the game and all these other things. But for the rest of us, it's like, yeah, you know, this broke, this stretch, this surgery, uh, this happened. And, you know, they told me I yeah. was just no longer. And I don't want to be, <laughs> no. Debbie De- I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but uh, they say that the average life expectancy of guys who played like four years in the NFL or more is like 10 years less than a normal guy. So, but yeah, we're rooting not for good. you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you a funny story about Tom Brady. So uh, after Atlanta, to, like retirement. So um, I always give Tommy a couple of days and we do a FaceTime. And um, so I'm talking with him, you know, congrats to come back down 23. I'm sitting there, I'm doubting my boy. I'm not going to lie. My son still reminds me about that, but whatever. And uh, so I go, I, first time I ever mentioned retirement, I go, you know what? I never said it to you. I said, I think it's time to go out like that, Super Bowl, come back balled out and he says how do you like what you do and i said not a big fan boring <laughs> he said he goes there's nothing else that i want to do than play quarterback he goes trust me we call each other coach from our bill walsh 95 uh, uh, uh south quad dorm days you know i'm sorry west quad dorm days and i'm just like you know we're going back he goes coach he's like no i still got more left and i'm like you know what and i, and I joke with him and i sent him a text i go who, who the F am I to tell you? And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, cause trust me, I thought of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just like, what a way to go out. Uh, I mean, yeah. kind of, and, and it was like, you look at Michael Jordan's career, that shot when he hit against Utah, I would have dropped the mic right there and walked away. You know, him and the yeah. Wizards and some of those kids that kind of remember, come on. Like, you know what I mean? So um, that's what I was thinking. But then, you know, meanwhile, people thought he was chasing um, Montana, but, you know, he kind of had Jordan in the back of his mind and, yeah. Um, I remember in the beginning, like we were at the Kentucky Derby and I'm at his table and Jordan comes up and he's like, you got my table from last year. I was after one of the Super Bowls and then Tommy even looks at us. And he's like, he's like, isn't that crazy? I'm like, Michael Jordan. And I just met Michael before at a Cavs basketball game with Steve Stricker was the old uh, uh, basketball yeah. trainer. Yep. So I met Mike a little bit. And then, you know, you, you meet Michael Jordan. I'm not in awe in any person, but Michael Jordan grew up in Illinois. That's the guy. Yep. Yes. So sitting there, and then so Michael comes up to the table. So I just met him, you know, a couple months before. And then so Mike talks. I get up, you know, kind of give him, hey, what's up, Mike? All right, Mike, good to see you again. 
And Tommy kind of looks at me like, good to see you again. I go, I don't know, man. I got nervous. So so I tell my kids that story, man. So we always laugh about that. Yeah, which is how, I mean, sure, people get around the goat now, around Tom Brady. And it's funny because when you guys were back at Signing of the Stars, and I was talking to Doug Karsh about this, you're backstage with John Jansen, who we know and love. And he said, Tommy comes in there, and this guy is the best ever. And you guys assumed your roles and John Jansen starts picking on this guy who is one of the most famous people in the world. Like he's still his captain and you guys are going yeah. back and forth. And Tom Brady's dropping his head, you know, and thinking, man, that was my captain. You know, I just thought yeah. it was classic. It was funny. So I remember scary. Deciding, the star, deciding the stars. He goes, uh, he calls me and he goes, Hey, are you going to sign the stars? I said, nah, I don't think so. You know, I think the whole recruiting's over hype, blah, blah, whatever. And, um, he's like, well, you know, you know, uh, Jim wants me to come, and he doesn't take no for an answer to that. So I'm going, and if I'm going, you're going. Pick me up. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, what time? He's like, uh, 6.30, whatever time it was in the morning. I'm like, oh, I'm not a big morning person anymore if I don't have to be. Right. So I'm like, and he's like, get because he's my, he's my son's godfather. He's like, get Kinsey up and go and pick me up. And I remember Zach from Michigan football, uh, Coach Harbaugh's assistant, he was like, hey, we got a police escort, but he doesn't want it. He just wants you to pick him up. And you know what? He sits, he sits in the back with my son, and they're just sitting there telling stories. And I'm like, just the, the type of guy he is. Just uh, awesome, man. Yeah. And I was going to say, uh, it's amazing watching him. I think he's the godfather to at least one of your kids. Is that right? Yeah, my son, Kinsey. That's another reason we went That's up there. The so it was, uh, was kind of okay. the Orange Bowl or go see Tommy playing Tampa. And I was thinking Tommy had one more year left because, you know, the right. Tampa came to Cleveland this year, so that, this coming year. So I'm like, that would have yep. been fun. So I'm like, you know what? We'll go see Tommy next year, and we're going to go watch Michigan. Right. Should have went to Tampa. <laughs> Should have went to Tampa, <laughs> man. So, but it is interesting, man, how, you know, people, uh, they cut people down, obviously, when they're on top. But you watch him with your kid. And I've seen pictures on Facebook. You know, I've kind of traded texts and stuff over the years. And it just what a down-to-earth guy he is. And I don't people think people understand uh, how hard, A, that's got to be in his position, that being as famous as he is. But number two, that he's really kind of the same guy that he was back then, right? He is. No, and that's the thing about him. It's like, you know, I remember when Charles Woodson was doing, um, it was something for game day, and he was trying to get Tommy, and he texted me. He goes, hey, do you have Tommy's number? And he's like, but make sure it's cool with him before, you know, just give it. I'm thinking that's Charles, you know, whatever. I'm like, and, he, and this is Charles going, he goes, hey, listen, he's on a different level. And I try and tell some of my teammates, I'm like, guys, listen, man, I, I, I've stayed good with Tommy because, you know what, I don't ask anything from Tommy. You know what I mean? And it's like, and he's that person where, like, I remember my son was playing a, a baseball tournament. And he had, like, a good tournament or whatever. And, you know, you're so proud of your kids, but I'm also hard on my kids, but also very proud. And uh, so he had a really good game. So the next day he, he sends myself and, uh, and Kinsey just a, a FaceTime video. And it was just so cool. And it was just, like, out of the blue. And it was like, Kinsey. And I'm like, it was like one minute I go, Kinsey. That'd be like Michael Jordan if I was, you know, at nine years old. I'm getting a voice, a, a, a video message from Michael Jordan, and just, just wanting to know about, you know, what position he's playing. And, you know, and my son's, you know, for a nine-year-old, good pitcher. So uh, it was cool. You know what I mean? So Kenzie goes, but this is what I love with my son. He goes, I say, hey, what you, what did you show your friends what they think? He goes, Dad, I didn't want to brag and be that guy, so I just didn't show. I go, you know, Kenzie. It's okay. You can show this one. He goes, can I? Can I? <laughs> so he's, he's, he's showing that's so cool. And that's, yeah, and that's kind of like Tom Brady, too, man. You never hear the guy yep. talk about himself. And a lot of that he learned at Michigan. And, and what one of the things that I always talk about, Skeen, 
is that when you talk about former captains, uh, to me, that's one of the greatest achievements because two things. Number one, the whole Brady Hansen thing, right, that everybody knows about. And, and I talked yeah. to Tom's dad for a, a feature 15 years ago, and he wouldn't speak for Tom about how, that, how all that went down. And I know you guys both have great respect for Lloyd Carr. But uh, number two, to come back to Michigan Stadium, I think it was three or four years ago, to 100-and-something thousand people, and at least half of them, you know, were booing you at times or were rooting for Drew Henson. But to put those shades on and come out there and handle it with the class that he did skiing, uh, to me, that's as, as Michigan captain as it gets because a lot of those people were rooting for the other guy when those guys were going through that. Yeah, the fans will always have differing opinions, right? And and when you win and you go on to do what so many guys like Aaron and Tom Brady and hundreds of others have done in the NFL, you get that respect on the back end. Um, but back to the point about what it means to be a captain at, at University of Michigan on the football team, uh, that doesn't stop when you leave town. Uh, your pictures do go on the wall in Schumbeckler Hall and those memories and that built-in respect. You shared the story earlier about Jansen back at that signing of the Stars event. That that rank and file and chain of command continues forever. When, you, when you're a captain, you're captain forever. I still consider yep. Corwin Brown and Chris Hutchinson captains of the 92 team. And Elvis was a captain that year. You, you, you carry that, that forever. And so when I hear stories of guys after us, and they're the same as the guys before us, it just yep. goes on and on and on. And it is a big deal, no matter what anybody thinks outside of the building. Um, those players, and I always say this, Bows, you've heard me say this, it goes for all sports. And Aaron's kids would agree. The players always know who the players are. And they know where the rank and file is. They know who the great ones are. They know who the average ones are. They know who the scrappy ones are. They know who the ones that aren't all that athletic, all that athletic, but they're just as important to the team as anybody else. The players always know, and that's why it means so much to be voted captain. Yeah. And Skeen and I were in school at the same time, Shane. And the, the reason I remember Skeen was because he was always trying to be the, trying to be the first one down when Desmond Howard scored a touchdown to get the cheap press <laughs> on TV. Well, that's a I'm with you. Hey, that's one thing in Michigan, though, we always talked about, hey, when one scores, we all score. You exactly. know what I mean? That was like one thing that was different when I was when I went to the pros. It was like you scored sometimes, you spiked the ball, and you went on your way. Like when you, when you scored at Michigan, whoever it was, I mean, it was an enthusiasm big time. Hey, well, Aaron, did you guys practice that? I remember vividly. We had to practice how to act when we scored, which means you know, I, all 11 I, of us had better get in that end zone and show that we're excited. Yes, yes. You know, I, I think I, I think, I think you're right. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, at Michigan, everything was tradition. You know what I mean? Where, like, however Bo did and Mo did, Coach Carr, you know, when you put their own little things in. But it was, uh, I mean, when you went back, it was, well, I remember a, a great story. Um, so Tim Couch was our quarterback. Uh, he went to Kentucky. And I was number one overall pick. And I go, hey, let's go up to Ann Arbor um, and let's go watch spring ball. So we had nothing going. So we're bored. So we go up. And, and Couch is looking at me and going. And he's like, kept look, he's looking around, looking around. He goes, what are, what are they doing? And I said, rain, blood, shit, or mud, we go outside. And he's going, what? It's, it's snowing and sleet. And he's like, if it rains in Kentucky, we, we don't go outside. And he's like, you guys are going full line and, and spring ball? And I'm like. That's how it is. So now when I was with the Browns, like NFL practices were easier. It yeah, really was. Mm -hmm. It was like, so like, and then Doug, as you know it, like sometimes the practices were harder than the games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want, I don't know if that's the often, case anymore. Oftentimes. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's all the guys that played for Bo and everybody talks about that. I don't think that's the case anymore. A lot of guys, you know, uh, they're trying to protect them for game days and everything else. But Shay, when was the first time that you really kind of became a Michigan fan and knew that that's where you wanted to go? Were you watching Doug Skeen's teams and the Desmond Howards and stuff like that in the early 90s? I'll be honest, I was watching before. So I grew up in okay. Ottawa, Illinois. And my uh, so my, my grandma and grandpa, they had season tickets to Illinois. So my mom's sister went to the University of Illinois. So we went down to games and uh, my grandpa was like, well, my, his last name Kincheski, so I, his nickname was Kinsey, so I named my son after him. So that was like my guy. So we went down, and I remember, his, I remember him saying, "This damn Michigan and this damn Bo there, We just and I said, "Papa, why don't why don't we like Michigan?" He said, "We never beat Michigan." Mm-hmm. And I kind of look, and I see these uniforms run out, and I was so quiet. So I was an Illinois fan, and I see yeah. Michigan run out, and I see these beautiful uniforms. It kind of hit me. I was like. I kept it quiet. I, mean, I like Michigan. Yeah. And then when I kind of got older and then started getting recruited and I just remember uh, the coaches saying like, Hey, listen, we come to Illinois, not every year. I mean, you can go to Illinois. You can be like some of these guys and go to Illinois, go this, but you know I mean? If you want to go to some of the schools like Michigan and stuff. Uh, and I remember Ty Streets, I think he got the same exact recruiting speech that I got, but uh, it worked. Right. It worked. It's funny though. And Illinois guys still thinks uh, it's cute. They still think Michigan's a rival. And you yeah. go down there and they hate your guts. They hate Michigan's they do. guts down there. Yeah. No, and I don't get when it. I commi- when, when I committed to, my dad's a dry cleaner, but when I committed to uh, uh, Michigan, there was like some guy put Illinois bumper stickers. Some people stopped going to my dad's store. And I'm like, well, it's like Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan, you know, Sparty. And then we got Notre Dame. I'm like, Illinois? I'm like, yeah. I look at Illinois, like growing up, Illinois, Indiana. But right. I think sometimes when Michigan comes to town, uh, it's everyone's, you know, number one. It is. And uh, in 1999, they got you, man. Is that still painful? Terrible. Yeah. yeah I remember that game. We were, I think we were up 27-7. Yes. And uh, I had a, I had a wrist, uh, a bad bad wrist. I had, sorry, I got my wrist shot up just to play. I remember I had a bad coach car to play. And he was like, well, all right. So I play. And then so fourth quarter, we're up, I want to say 27-7, train like breaks his, dislocates his finger or something, he goes to the hospital. And so they're like, you're done. We don't you know, want to keep you ready. So I, I take my tape off, 27, 14, and whatever, 27, 21. And I was like, 28, 27. We go down and we're like, but we are so comfortable in that huddle. We knew. Yeah. Right? I was like, okay, we got it. Whatever time was left, we're talking. No problem. No one flinched. We, we practice this. We got it. We go down, boom, boom, boom. And my roommate, which I love him, Captain Steve Fraser, <laughs> uh, Steve Fraser, snaps it up a little high, and now next thing you know, it's fourth and pack a lunch, and we're throwing a hail mary. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but I think the one thing Coach Carr still remembers is you know, like you know, we get coached, but he coached himself. As far as that, we shouldn't have been in shotgun. We should have ran that ball and kicked the field goal. You know what I mean? Yep. So you look yep. back at, but just growing up in Illinois, that's probably the worst loss of, or other, I'm sorry, probably the second loss. I lost to Ohio State one time. That was one yep. too many. And then losing to Illinois would probably be my second worst loss. And then third would probably be losing at Michigan State when, you know, the whole game was a shootout. I think it was 34-31. And uh, yeah. we were coming back, but we just, uh, we just ran out of time. And no disrespect to, to Drew Henson, but I think if Tommy plays that whole game, you guys win. We've talked about no that doubt. a lot. Skeen actually had a game with Illinois where it was, I think, 22-22 to and uh, 10 fumbles or something like that. And Peter Lezovich was the hero just for tying that game. And it's crazy. Because you guys clinched the Rose Bowl, and I think you clinched the Big Ten, but you're sitting there with a tie because there were no tiebreakers back when Doug Skeen played. There were also peach baskets when they played basketball. Ten we had, we nine had, fumbles? 
We had can't imagine 462 <laughs> yards of rushing in that game. We fumbled the ball eight times and lost four of them and still rushed the ball for, you know, it's just shy of 500 yards. But uh, <laughs> that was the game. That was the game. I thought Steve Everett was going to kill somebody on the sidelines the next time the ball went on the ground. As an offensive line, you know, Steve kind of spoke for us. But yeah. I remember, we're you know, we come off the field get another 50, 60 yards on the ground and turn the ball over again, no points. And I, I legitimately thought Steve was going to harm somebody on the sideline that day. <laughs> I think Steve Everett's speaks crazy. for all of us still, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everett's crazy. I can't wait to get him on the on the podcast. And we're going to have well, a great, so a great story about Steve Everett. So he played with, you know, in the Browns. So I come in and Orlando Brown, we called him Zeus, uh, who passed away, rest in peace, was just one of the massive men you've ever met in your life. And, um, so I get in a fight with like a D lineman like the first week and I have a good practice and kind of held my own against this D lineman. And Zeus looks at me. Now he doesn't talk to rookies. Looks at me and goes, Shia, I like how you play. So I kind of look at the couch and I'm like, I'm like, thanks, man. Thanks. But I'm like, but my name's I didn't say it, but I'm like, yeah. like, so I go to Tim. I go, couch. I go, do I tell my name Shay? He goes, no, man, let it go. No. And it was Shia. No, <laughs> the whole rookie year. You were man. Shia for the rest of that's just classic. Um, I, I want to ask you, Aaron, about Lloyd and your relationship with him because it was always solid. Uh, I res- have more respect for Lloyd Carp than just about anybody in the profession. Um, the best. I, yeah, and just what he did for Michigan. I don't think he gets the respect he deserves. And it's funny because everybody said, well, once we blow this thing up and, uh, you know, we get somebody in here like Rich Rodriguez or something like that, we're going to be not going to be stale anymore and everything. And I said, Folks, be careful what you wish for. But just give me some of your memories about him and, and what he accomplished here. Well, I loved him. I mean, he is yeah. my favorite coach of all time. I mean, I text Coach Carr once a week, talk to him at once every couple of weeks, you know, still this day. His grandson's a boss right now, like getting recruited by all these uh, schools. Yeah. So we talk about with my daughter that that got uh, she got a full ride to North Carolina for volleyball. So we started talking about different schools and, and the recruiting process. So just so he's, he's just like a father figure where I still bring stuff back because, you know, my daughter was going through the recruiting process and it was like, all right, this school, this school. But I, I told Cadence, I wasn't going to call any schools. This was all her. You know what I mean? Like you, you want to go where, wherever you want to go. But coach cars asked me, have you talked to Michigan? I'm like, coach, no. I mean, he's like, he's like, no, I get it. You know what I mean? You want to go where you want it. And it's all good. I mean, we were talking to a lot of great schools, but she ended up, you know, falling in love with Chapel Hill and it's, you know, we're going on a recruiting trip this weekend. So it's a lot of fun. But Coach Carr always you know, was asking about Cadence. And he just texted me the other day about, you know, my son, Kinsey, and, uh, and Ireland. And he's just he's just one of those guys. And to think that – I used to think he like, almost hated me at times. Because, like, <laughs> we had that incident at the, with our dorm room in South Quad where it accidentally burnt down with an accidental <laughs> cake of beer in there. <laughs> I wasn't gonna Don't bring know it up, how that man. happened. I was trying to protect you, buddy. But that was- <laughs> no, no, but hey, but listen, and it was like it was one of those things that like we talk about it now, and it's like is he's he's as he said it's like almost brought the team closer together because it was six a.m. and I remember it was like I had to do thirty days, Brady had to do sixty days, and it was just like you know a senior every year, but we kind of like started you know, really bonded together, you know, and, and it was the crazy thing was about the story was, and I told Coach I go. I wasn't really even at the party. I came home, showered for a little bit, maybe sipped a little, had two beers, and I left. No, this is no joke. And now <laughs> the truth is, so then Coach Carr is asking, I want to know every player on the team. You tell me who's asking. Coach, it was just our just our hallway. No other players live in the hallway. That's it. It was just progressive. 
And then right. like five years after, I remember I'm coming up for like, a golf tournament or whatever. And he said, hey, coach. And he says, hey, Shake, who was at that party? And I said, coach, every guy in that team was at that party. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so, but we got, we got a lot of, um, let's say the lunches uh, were bought for us by former teammates. So, oh, you want to tell Coach Carr, Steve uh, Hutchinson that you were there? You know what I mean? So right. it was uh, but a lot of fun. It's just, just everything he's done, like as far as, He's always honest with you. You know what I mean? Where yeah. it was no lies. It wasn't like going behind your back and telling you like, hey, this is, you know, this is age back. I believe you can do this. I see this. Or, you know, you got to straighten out here, you know, you know, get your, you know, get your butt in class. And, and that was one of those things that, you know, he preached education and, you know, being a good, being a better person than, than, than a player. And, uh, but just the history that he brought to Michigan and talk about, you know, Doug and the expectation is for the position and, who wore your number? I want you to look back and who wore your number and bring it in the band about how to sing the victors the right way. And as a freshman, you're sitting there going, I'm going to sing the victors. But then right. the appreciation you have for the, the band and just yeah. everything. It was like, you know, I'm not saying this, but you know, when you're a high school kid, you almost kind of play for yourself. You know what I mean? We're just like, yeah. I'm about me, me, me. And then, you know, Bo, Bo, it's team 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 and uh yeah. just kind of trickle so, down aaron, I, gotta, I gotta ask aaron your perspective on on the way you see that does that same thing you get the feeling that same thing happens now is the same thing happening beyond michigan the culture of college football now i gotta tell you i'm concerned about it i'm concerned because the rules are different obviously the nil the transfer portal everything else but my fear is that the experience that I had, the experience that you had, my stories sound a lot like your stories. My experience yeah. sounds, sounds a lot like yours. And for decades before us, the stories are very, very similar. And I, yeah. I worry now that this generation of Michigan players, do they have the same stories? Do they have the same heartfelt desire for what that program did for them as you and I do? I sure hope so, but with today's rules, I'm not so sure. Uh, Doug, I think you're 100% right. And I think it's kind of sad. I think Branstetter kind of brought it up, too, where, you know, I mean, we sit there with, like, even with my daughter, where she's like the grad transfer. It's like, they get this one girl from Notre Dame that's a boss player, and they get this other girl grad transfer. And I'm like, hey, Cadence, wherever you go, you're going to have competition. But it's like, but, Doug, if I had the opportunity, like, my freshman year, if I could leave and go play for another program, I, I probably would have been gone with my mindset at an 18-year-old. Um but you tough it out. But it was like I was saying earlier, it was like, I mean, myself, Ty Streets, Tom Brady, multiple guys that we would sit there that, I mean, it was tough, but then you look back at it and that's who like, even Tom will talk about, like as far as the, you know, what made him today. It's like those hard times. And I remember Tom, you know, we had apartments right above each other and he'd be like, come on, man, let's go. Uh, I'm like, where do you want to go? He's like, let's just go, just let's go throw a little bit. And I soon learned to, I'm going to drive myself because Tom would then go to the film room and then go watch a lot of film. And there's a tight end. I mean, I prided myself when I watched film, but I didn't need to watch as much film as he needed to watch. A couple of times I would sit there and I'm like, you know, I'm going to walk myself home. And we weren't that far, but sometimes those Ann Arbor winners. But it just shows the mindset he has and the work ethic. But, I, yeah, I am worried about that because, I mean, now you get, you know, you hear about schools like Texas A&M where you're getting a million dollars if you're a five-star. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't see Michigan, you know, competing in that. You know what I mean? Just because of mm -hmm. higher academic standard. But I will say this to Michigan. We need to be real with ourselves if we want to be who we who we think we are uh, with the winningest program in college football. We got to adapt to the situation, and uh, and I'm hoping we do that. And um, you know, we got a great AD and a coach. And 
I, I mean, I love, I mean, between Michigan football, basketball, I mean, and our AD, I think good times are ahead, but it's going to be, I mean, I don't see you got to coddle these, these, these freshmen, but if the tough love days got to be almost cut in half in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think those tough love days may be gone. And I think it feels from my perspective, again, decades removed from it, but from what I watch, just not just Michigan, but college football in general, it feels like the closest thing to the NFL without the rules of roster management than it, you know, that it's ever been. So you look at, you know, this last year's championship team, one of the greatest teams in Michigan history, what they did. And yet I got a feeling next year's team is going to look and feel vastly different. And now if you're an incoming freshman at Michigan or Ohio state or anywhere else, you look around the room, you go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it all I got here. And if it doesn't work out, I'm out of here in a year. So yeah. the lessons that Tom Brady learned, that you learned, that I learned, and thousands of other guys learned by the grind of sticking it out to get through the tough times, to get on that field, will those lessons be taught as many times and learned as many times as they did in our generations? And that's what concerns me beyond the wins and the losses. I don't think we care whether they win football games yeah. or not, right? But beyond the sport, when it's over with and your job sucks or you have a hard time at work, do you just look for the nearest transfer portal and quit and hit the reset button on the video game machine? Or do you, yeah. or do you have an experience of how to grind? And yeah. this is where I think the downside of the transfer portal is going to have a long-term effect on a generation of athletes who think, yeah, as soon as it gets tough, I'm going to transfer and find somewhere easier. Right. Yeah. And then the guy gets to the pros and he doesn't know which school to mention, right. When he's uh, being introduced on Monday night football, but with you two guys, uh, you know, you were both featured in where are they now is in the Wolverine magazine, probably the highlights of both of your careers. I understand. But when we were talking yeah. on the phone, yeah, yeah. Skeet, look at Skeet. But when we were talking on the phone, it was like a conversation of an hour and a half because the stories and what I remembered and what you guys remembered about it, you don't want to stop talking about it. And now some of these guys, you know, Oliver Martin, who was at Michigan, has played for three Big Ten schools. You know, he went to Iowa and then he went to Nebraska. So that's something to consider. But, um, okay, finishing up here, Shay. I got a couple questions, a couple factor fiction things. I wasn't even to bring up the South Quad thing, but uh, somebody posted an article to it. It's a badge of picture. honor here. <laughs> <laughs> it was a classic with your picture on it, $8,000 worth of damage and everything. I'm like, oh, my God. Well, hey, so hey, so it's crazy. I brought my daughter up to a volleyball camp, and I, I, yeah. I went up. I would think it was 6710 or 6712. I'm forgetting. Gomber. So okay. I, I kind of checked my daughter, and I'm texting Frazier, texting Coach Carr, and I'm like, man, I don't know if to laugh or cry, like leaving here. So I kind of went up, and I was like, and I look, and they have a picture of my dorm, dorm room burnt down. It says, don't let this dorm room be yours. So I screenshot it. <laughs> I sent it to Coach Carr. All, everyone, you know, Hutch and Backus and all the guys and, and Tommy, and we got a, we got a big kick out of it. Hey, that's, that's that's a legacy right there, Ballas. That's a Michigan that legacy is. right there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So, um, okay, fact or fiction, Tom Brady, because there's a lot of rumors about there. He – actually paid for your surgery out in San or paid for you to see a specialist out in San Diego. Uh, that is uh, false, but he did okay. uh, pay for someone to come at Alex's trainer that came into okay. Cleveland to look at my back and help him back. So gotcha. true and false, just different okay. places, but yes. Yeah. Gotcha. So, you know, it's kind of crazy. He said, uh, kind of retired. He goes, Hey, I got this guy, you know, really like him. And who's now is, you know, one of his best friends. And he, uh, he goes, well, it's expensive. And you know me, I'm a tight end, fourth round draft pick. And I go, how right. much? The flying right. mess. So, you know, I'm okay. And he goes, hold okay. on. I got him. He's going to work on William McGinnis, too, when Willie's with the Browns. So, we, uh, yep. so Tommy, Tommy covered that one. 
That's awesome, man. How hard was it to watch that game? You're in San Diego and you can't play, and he comes out there and, and tears it up in that playoff game. I mean, I can't even imagine how tough that would be. It was tough. It was crazy. He comes over because they, they flew in Friday, so he comes over to watch. We're watching uh, whatever. Uh, it was a wild card weekend. I want to say it was the Colts and uh, Ravens playing, I believe. So we're talking, and he's talking about our defense, and he's like, Sean Merriman, overrated. Your corners get beat by double moves. Your safety suck. Uh, this, this, and so he's talking, and and I'm I'm sitting there, and wife goes, "Geez, he's kind, of, you know, she's kind of confident." I go, "See, you see, you don't see that real time Brady man, so right. cold killer." Right. And uh, and I said, uh, "I go, gosh dang!" I go, "He just called out all our weaknesses, so we don't need a double. We don't need double him. Our left tackle will take him, or you know, we got this guy, this guy, and and it was." Uh, and I said, and I, I told him this is no lie. I said, the only chance, because we were, I think, 15 and one, really, really good. Yeah. And I said, the only chance if you got the ball at the end of the game, that's it. And he gets the ball with a minute, something to go. And he points at me and he goes, I told you. And yeah. I was like, man, here we go. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. And I, I, so I randomly, after the game, not random, I come up for talking. I go, you owe me 25000 because that was like the playoff share check. So right. I still didn't get that money, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he'll spring when you guys go on vacation together. Now that he's got a little time, your thoughts? Is yeah. this it for him? As, your, as his friend, he said, never say never, man. I can see this guy staying in an incredible shape, eating his wheatgrass or drinking the shakes or whatever he's doing there and coming back next year and saying, man, I got the itch. Maybe I go one more time. Or in your opinion, just as his friend, and I'm not asking you to reveal anything that he's told you, but he just seems too much of a competitor uh, to, to ever discount the fact that he might come back. Well, Doug, you know, is that first year out? That's the hard, that was the hardest year, hardest year I ever had. You know what I mean? Where yeah. you're looking at your peers, summer playing, some not, and here's Tommy Brady that should win the MVP, him or Aaron Rodgers, and you're playing at that high level to be able to walk away. Yeah. And knowing his competitive spirit, um, yeah, I, I like when I when I saw it, I go, I don't know, because he's never mentioned retirement. You know, I've mentioned we talked retirement one time, that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to do it when he wants to do it. And then for him to do it, I was like, I don't know. So I sent him a nice text, kind of not asking if he's retiring, but whatever, proud of you, this and that, whatever. Basically, I was just saying the mental and physical, not just the the physical toughness, it's the mental toughness to wake up that grind every morning, to wake up when your beautiful wife's sleeping, your kids are sleeping, to get up there and do that grind. That's crazy. You know what I mean? And I just like for him to do that, um, I sent that text and I just got, uh, I got right back. Thanks coach. Love you. That's it. And I'm like, well, he didn't answer it. And then a couple of our teammates go, well, at least he responded to you. Right. Like, well, at least I got a response. So we're, I, must be <laughs> yeah. then, I would say a couple days later, but for him not answering that question, I kind of figured that this was going to be it for him. But yeah. so this never is, say uh, never. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be, this will be, you know, it's, it's, it's weird to hear people say this, right? Or hear people. It's, it'll be weird for me to, to have people hear me say this. This is going to be a tough year for Tom Brady, as it is for every guy that ever played this game. Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, how can that possibly? Look, Tom Brady's got everything he could ever possibly need. Yeah, I'm not talking about the money and, and the wealth that, that he may have and, or not has. That doesn't mean matter. The mental grind and when the seasons come, and the things you've been doing for all those years to prepare, it's hard. That first year, Aaron said it, it, the hardest year is that first year away. When the when the fall comes around and there's a little bit of a change in the air, it doesn't matter what part of the world you're in, your body knows to take a certain path and you should be doing certain things. And that first year is a hard one. And then 
when you see your teammates take the field without you, that is a really, really difficult thing. And a lot of guys struggle with that. And I, you know, I'm not saying that Tom is going to struggle with this or not, but it will be hard. It'll be hard for him. Yeah, no, there's no question. Shay, what are you doing today, man? Tell everybody what you're doing now. I know that you worked for the Cleveland Browns for a while as a player ambassador or something like that. And, uh, and what's, your, yeah. what's going on here? What's your plan for the next 10, 15 years? So the plans right now, well, it was, it was funny. Like when, when Tommy would never retire, I would say, hey, come on, man. He's like, when you're done, he's like, hey, when I'm done, I got you. He's like, and I remember the, like after Atlanta, I'm like, well, how much longer are we going to play? He's like, you trust me. I'm like, man, I trust you. He's like, I got you. So I don't know what the plan is right now, but I've been wait, waiting patiently. I'm half joking, but um, yes. uh, no, so I do some t- I work for a resource title here in Cleveland. Um, so kind of find the guys like Tom Brady and, you know, get the title work for his house, house and do commercial work uh, here, uh, here in the Cleveland area, but also throughout the country. So resource title and my wife's a school teacher and can't believe my, I got an oldest going to be senior in high school going to uh, Carolina next year, which goes like this, as you guys both know, yeah. Um, yeah. man, that's going to be a tough, that's going to be a tough one for me this year for her, yeah. you know, going, walking by her room and seeing her leaving. She's like six months, dad, I'm going to be gone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but good thing for it's like hard. Zoom and FaceTime and all this. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, um, congratulations to her. Number one, I know that Michigan was looking at her, Mark Rosen, the volleyball coach and Tuman's got a daughter, right? That's also a volleyball player. And she's going, she went to Ohio school. state. Right. I'm thinking what's she going on here, man. State. Did you no, get any crap I, for I, that? I joke with Tuman because I said, uh, so when Cadis was in eighth grade, I remember this and, uh, and she got her first letter, and I was like, "Geez, am I, I go from who?" And she goes, "Ohio State." So this is no lie. I come in, I ripped it up. I said, oh, no, "You can go anywhere in this country, but you can't go to Ohio State." Is it? And it wasn't even loving question. your daughter. No, hey, hey we, we, we got a good bond. You know what I mean? And she yes. kind of knew it. And living in Ohio, I said, "Anywhere else in the country, but you can't go to that, that school." Does. And um, so it was good. Well, maybe you'll be selling or working for TB12. And, uh, man, he's got some good gear. I got to be honest. He it's does. class stuff. Yep. So uh, who knows, man? I can't wait to see it. And uh, and just appreciate your time, man. So uh, absolutely. Aaron Shea. So, yeah, uh, great checking with you guys, man. Absolutely. You guys are the best, man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Aaron. Take care, man. See you guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.